What's up, guys? Welcome to the Watson's Chapel Podcast. I am Hunter. I am Alan. And hey, this is episode number five, guys. We are here. Um, Alan, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling awesome. I'll tell you what, it's just exciting to be able to have this opportunity and uh, this resource to get the gospel out. Absolutely, guys. As each week goes, we're just falling in love with this idea like we talked about last week. Uh, I'll tell you what, if this, if this podcast is not helping anybody, it's helping me. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's just a, a blessing to prepare and to study and to be in here be able to share our thoughts and to just talk about God's Word and what it's done for our lives. Oh, it's it's amazing. And before we even jump into kind of what uh, Alan's going to introduce our introduction uh, this week, let me go ahead and tell everybody, there's a thunderstorm over the chapel at the moment. So if you, if, yeah, if it sounds like someone's bowling in the background, uh, that's, that's, my, that's me. Yeah, it might it might be Alan. That'd be something. But yeah, there's a thunderstorm. <laughs> so if you hear thunder in the background, we'll just go ahead and throw that out. Hey, that is thunder. So Alan, let's let's kick it off. Get us going. All right, for our intro this week, uh, we just wanted to take a second and thank Pastor Jason for joining us last week. Really a pleasure. Enjoyed yes. having him here. Just full of knowledge. Just could sit and listen to him for hours. Oh yeah. And uh, the uh, topic last week was on the uh, evidence of, of conversion and how that. Uh, how can you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that struggle with that. So hopefully somebody was helped through the topic that we talked about last week. And it's cool, too, because you guys may not know this before Alan continues, that um, his sermons lately have revolved around that. And so this last Sunday morning at the chapel, he actually preached out of First John, talking about being a Christ, saying you're a Christian, but maybe the evidences aren't there. And actually one of our students in our youth, went up to the altar, and she prayed with her family. Find out later on, she finally surrendered herself to the Lord, and she's been fighting for two awesome. years. She's been fighting for two years thinking that she was a Christian, but through first the messages and the things that she's been hearing lately, God has revealed to her um, that she wasn't, and now she is, and oh my goodness, she's so excited, her and her family, and so shout out to them. Um, but that's what we talked about last week. Alan, that's, keep that's, going. That's exactly it. When you, do, when you have that... Uh, uh, life-changing experience, that moment with God where you understand that with, without Him you're nothing and if there's any hope at all yeah. for mankind to ever spend eternity with God in heaven, then there has to be a, a experience that takes place that's a little bit more meaningful than a trip to an altar and some, you know, crocodile tears. Yeah. But it's a, it's a conscious decision to pursue God with your whole heart. And um, some of the evidences that we talked about last week were that that change. Yeah. That, that change not... Uh, physically, but that change that is internal. Yeah, that change of your uh, your desires and the inner man, and the, that's just a byproduct of the Holy Spirit that indwells you. Yep. And and when the Holy Spirit comes and makes His abode in you, you've got that teacher, that helper that helps you understand. Man, I didn't understand Scripture. Yeah. I, you may still struggle with the wall, but the Holy Spirit is there as a byproduct of your salvation. Yeah. To help you. Uh, to to grow and understand and to teach you and to make you more godly yeah. and not just to make you more godly, but there is now inside of you a desire yeah to be more godly absolutely which was absent before so the evidences of salvation really encouraging I hope uh, some of our listeners got uh, some uh, uh, use from that and yeah. got some uh, uh, blessings from it uh, and this week we're going to go right into intercessory prayer, praying for others. And uh, whether you guys know it or not, I don't know if this is private information or not, but uh, all you guys that are listening, 
Hunter prayed for you just a second before we went live. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. And we're going to be talking about intercessory prayer with a question. The question is going to kind of be our, our focus for this week of why should we pray for people? So, Alan, before we even dive into the, the context of our scriptures or anything, why should we pray for people? So let's, let's think about the concept first. Yeah. And understanding that uh, me and uh, going all the way back to my childhood, yeah. knowing I had a godly mom and a daddy, and knowing that I had people to support me, not just financially and not just with material uh, substance and food and, and clothes and raiment and shelter and things like that, yeah. but they also supported me spiritually, and they s- supported me, and I know this for a fact, my, my parents prayed for me, and they wanted me to have a, a relationship with God and to know that you have people who care enough about you to spend time alone with God yeah. on your behalf. Absolutely. To see you prosper. Uh, man, That to me that says something in my heart, and it's moving to know that people care about me enough to, to petition God on my behalf on the things that I'm going through. So intercessory prayer, uh, guys, and I know if, if, while you're, I say if you're listening, I've said that four or five times. They're listening. <laughs> yeah. They're listening. So, listening. So you that are listening will say that. Yeah. You had a prayer spoken for you on your behalf. I don't know what you're doing. You may be driving your car. You may be, uh, you know, just have some free time and think, you know what, I'll listen to this podcast and see what these guys have to say. Yeah. Uh, We just prayed for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, Alan, when I look at this question, I, I, like you, I I jump back to my own life. And, man, it's it's one of them things where it's been a long time. And when I say a long time, you know, five or six years ago, seven, eight years ago, um, but I, I will always bring it up about a time in my life where I wasn't in the Lord's will. Actually, I, I was living the way I wanted to live. And then all of a sudden, you know, one day, finally God brings me back to where I need to be. But then that's where it all came to fruition, Alan. My eyes were opened up because I realized that I had parents, I had youth leaders, I had young life leaders uh, people, elders in my church, family members, people who didn't even know me, all praying on my behalf saying, Lord, help Hunter get back to where he needs to be. Help him and guide him back to where he needs to be. And then ultimately God answered their prayers and it brought me back. And so on the because people were praying on my behalf, the Lord helped me and he brought me back to where I needed to be. So was that... And I'm I'm assuming, and it's probably not fair for me to do that, but I was also in that same position. Yeah. Was that return instantaneous, or was there some time in there where you struggled and battled? And I think there there was time, and we can kind of we'll talk about this eventually. But it's one of them things that the reason it took so much time is because of my stubbornness exactly. and my pride. So it wasn't that their prayers won't weren't working they actually were working because god started working on me really hard but because of my stubbornness to god it took longer and so to me that's a an absolute yeah evidence of the prayers of the righteous that are availing much and they are getting their job done because i'm so uncomfortable yeah i'm so out of place i know i'm not where i should be i know that there's something amiss something's not right yeah and to me, that's just evidence of intercessory prayer at work doing what it does at its best. Yeah, and I mean, in both sides, like I didn't know. I had people that say, we're praying for you, but I, you know, I didn't acknowledge that. 
But when you think about it in the like think about when Paul and Silas are in jail and the church is at the home building yeah. and they're praying in one location they're in jail, okay, so God hears the prayers of the church, okay, now so now he's going to send an angel down into the jail cell to free Paul and Silas, but think about this. All of a sudden, all the gates are opened up, and now Paul and Silas lead the Philippian jailer to Christ. So the, the, the church, the people at home, they had no clue what was going on. They were just trusting and believing and praying on the behalf. Paul and Silas probably had no clue. They're just singing hymns unto the Lord, and all of a sudden an angel shows up. And, and so that, that's just the beautiful thing about intercessory prayers. It's even, you know, like Abraham, you know. All of a sudden the, the Lord's going to send angels down to Sodom, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's like, wait, well, you know, if there's 50 righteous people, if there's 40, and he keeps working his way down, and it's not so much as the numbers or, you know, some people ask, well, did, was God considering, uh, you know, his, his advice? No, God already knew what was about to happen because God has all knowledge in his providence. But we learn in that example of Abraham that Abraham cared. Yep. And that's the re just like the people praying for Paul and Silas, they cared. So they're going to trust, they're going to put their faith in the Lord, and then what the Lord determines, just like when they went down to Sodom and Gomorrah, no righteous people. Lot and his family were saved, except exactly. his wife. Exactly. Just like they're praying at the house, okay, God sees what's going on, okay. He, Boom. Yeah, I mean, and he, he freed them, and someone was saved in that. And so when we talk about intercessory prayer and why should we pray for people, the text that I, I, we're going to kind of hang out in because, I mean, it sets the stage for everything we're about to talk about is 1 Timothy 2.1. So 1 Timothy 2.1 says this, and this is ESV, first of all then, okay, so Paul's writing to Timothy, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So I want to break this text down, and this is, I mean, it's this set the stage right here. So, Alan, let, let's talk about this first word. Let's talk about supplication. I've got a definition for all of our listeners out there. So, a request, prayer request for, for specific needs. So, we can think about in our own lives where we do that, but at the end of this verse, it says, let it be made for all people. So, Alan, how can we pray supplicational prayers for other people and the needs that they have. So let's let's talk about that inner desire that we receive once we have placed our faith in Christ and yeah. that conversion's made and that new man that's inside of us is communing with the Holy Spirit. He reveals to us needs and things in our life and needs and things in our community. And if we're sensitive to that, yeah. then we will understand that you don't... I mean, looking at the, the media and the things that are going on today... Things are, are chaotic. Yeah. And if you have any moral fiber whatsoever about you, it's got to be troubling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to be It has to be a little upsetting. Yeah. So what does that drive godly Christians to do? To me, we need to make supplication in prayer. Yeah. For all people, uh, the people who are, uh, you know, in, in positions of, of leadership to make decisions, we need to be praying for those folks. And their needs. That's yeah. exactly right. And, and giving them wisdom and guidance to make the right decisions. Man, I, I wouldn't have their job for it. Yeah. I mean, it's a compl complicated situation right now. But understanding that 
again, all of this the turmoil that comes about, the, the Bible talks about God's not the author of confusion. Yeah. We know that Satan's behind all of it, and he's having a heyday right now. father of lies. He's having a field day right now. Yeah. You know, just uh, uh, causing chaos and turmoil and, 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 and kickback and just laughing at us humans and how silly we are and how childish Absolutely. we are. So for that reason, it's, it's, it's paramount that we pray send supplications for all people and again just like we talked about uh, mm-hmm. prior jesus set the example i mean if you look to uh luke chapter number 22 i believe it is verse number 31 uh peter was you know in a, in a mind and and uh, they were just about to go to the garden and pray and and uh, uh, yeah i know where yeah, yeah yeah simon simon behold satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat yep but I prayed for thee, that thy faith fail thee not. Yeah. So Christ, being all knowing, knows Peter is a good guy. He's got you know he's he's got faith. He said, "I'm praying your faith don't fail you, because you're about to go through some things." And you know he, he tells Peter, "I'm going to be. I'm praying for you. I want you. To, I want you to to be successful." Yeah. And. Peter being the typical, I mean, I think I got a little Peter in me. It's like, oh, no, um, you, you've got it all wrong, Jesus. I've, I've got this. I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'll go with you always up to jail, to death, whatever. If they kill me, it don't matter. I'm going with you. And Jesus told him, you know what? Before the rooster crows, you'll, you're going to deny yeah. me three times. Yeah. And, 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 and Jesus knew that. And his, his prayer for Peter through those times was not that he, uh, you, you know, uh, Overcome those, t- or, 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 or you know, not deny. Yep. It was the fact that oh, you're going to mess up, Peter. It, it's coming, but here's what I want you to understand: I'm not going to give up on you. Yeah, I'm not going to let Satan completely wreck you and sift you like a like the wheat and separate. And, and but he says, I want you to understand that I'm praying for you to when you're when you're converted to, to strengthen the brethren. Yeah, be an example for those that. Are around you. Yeah, and I, I literally flipped over to it real quick. I mean, he calls it out. Jesus says, hey, I have prayed for you because Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen. Like you said, it happened. And then when Peter turns back, you know, he leaves and he weeps bitterly. He goes away. Okay, Acts 2 comes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's ready. Boom. And he's strengthening the brothers and all of those things. Yeah. And so, Alan, too, what I thought about is when you started talking about praying for the needs of leadership. Well, I, I thought of a different group than a leadership. I thought about this. You know, when we see that, you know, natural disasters, Mother Nature, all these things happen in the world, whether it's a storm, a hurricane, all these things. Well, the first thing that happens is the church wants to respond with the needs that need to be met. And so we find ourselves praying, you know, Lord, people have lost shelter. They've lost food. They've lost water. And so we start lifting up supplication, prayer, saying, Lord, they have specific needs right now. Yep. They have things that you know that they're missing out. And so we pray and we pray and we pray. And then all of a sudden, you know, through the responsibilities and how we are the body of Christ, we the whole body of Christ, all churches, all true biblical churches are the body of Christ. Then all of a sudden God uses the church specific places to all of a sudden now we're going to meet the needs. Yep. And it only happens because the Lord... You know, here's those prayers. He inspires us as a church. He inspires us as a body. And then sometimes, you know, I, I think about when Israel was in the wilderness and they're hungry and they're all these things. Okay, well, the Lord just sends some manna from above. So sometimes the Lord, He just does miraculous and miracle. I mean, all these things to supply the needs 
of the people. And so when you read that text and it says supplications, like the prayer requests for specific needs. Also in the church, you know, we have a Monday night prayer service here at the chapel and we have people who come in and they say, I have this need in my life. Can you all pray for me? And absolutely, we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're doing that for all people. We're doing that for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we do it for lost people too, because ultimately they have a need that really needs to be fulfilled. That's, and it's salvation. That, that's true. And, and even uh, when this building was in you know, the planning phases yeah. and the construction, the burden was there. God was blessing, you know, uh, uh, things were really going in, in a good direction. And God had blessed us with uh, all kinds of. Uh, uh, ideas yeah. and things to pursue, and I remember when they poured the the flooring, which it, it's hard to see if you walk in the carpet and everything. But there's a there's a there's a downhill slope to the floor, and it's there was no pews; it was just a big concrete slab, and it's angled down toward the altar. And I remember when we were humble and burdened, not over our needs or our wants, but over our families, yeah. our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, our community. And church members got to taking little Sharpies and writing on that finished concrete before the carpet was laid. We'd write people's names down. Yeah. And under the carpet in the church now, currently, from the altar, I'm talking from one side to the other, way up on the end of the choir loft, all the way back up, the uh, halfway through the church is covered in, in names of people that folks in this church had a burden for yeah. and they prayed for. Yeah. I've seen several personally, I've seen several of those names that are under that carpet miraculously saved because of the supplications of God's people. Absolutely. And that's what supplications is. Okay, so now our next word is so I urge you that supplications. Okay, so now it says prayers. So when you look at the definition of prayers according to your Greek words and all of that, it says something addressed to God. Oh, here's a cool one. A form of worship. So all prayers is a form of worship. What? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay, but look here. General prayers such as confessions, adorations, and etc. So when it says prayers, now it's just talking about a general term that prayers need to be made for people. Absolutely. Okay. And so... That one, I mean, it pretty much speaks for itself. But here's this is gonna this is we're gonna dive into this one. Number three, intercessions. So here's what intercessions means. It says, converse for any other cause. Okay, to petition for. Okay, praying on the behalf of others. So Alan, when we think about and we talked about supplication, so praying for specific needs. But now, when we enter our prayer room, or we enter a prayer time, or we're in a prayer service, or, or something else, when we're praying on the behalf of others, what does that look like to you? That looks like Jesus Christ. We are never more like Jesus Christ than when we are putting others above ourselves. When we are thinking of the needs of others, yeah, and not what I'm missing out on or what's wrong with my life or what I don't you know what I'm saying mm. it's not about me or, or what poor pitiful me yeah but my heart and my mind and my affections are generated towards helping somebody else you're you look just like 
what Christ intended for a Christian to look like. Yeah, and, and we actually had this text, and I'm so glad I put it on here. But Philippians 2.34, it literally talks about esteeming others higher than ourselves. And I've actually I've got it right here. Philippians 2.34 says this. Uh, let me find it. 234, 234. All right, it's taking me too long to search for it. But it talks about esteeming others higher than ourselves. So literally, in a sense, praying that others would be esteemed, which that means this, lifted up before the Lord. And so when you think about praying on the behalf of someone, like Alan said, it almost requires a, a humble heart first. You have to be willing to pray a prayer and realize that you need to be lower at the moment. Like your needs and, and your wants and all the things that are going on in your lives, it, it needs to be put second, third, fourth, fifth in the priority list. And you realize once you humble yourself that there's someone else that is needing something or needs help or needs this or needs that. And they, you're, when you lift them up, you're saying, Lord, there's someone that needs this more than I do. Yep, absolutely. They need you. They need food. They need this. Lord, they need salvation. And so when you pray on behalf of others, you really have to humble yourself and, and have that mind. You know, when Christ set before all the disciples... He starts serving them. So he put them first. And so when you think about in Philippians, when it talks about esteeming others higher than ourselves, I mean, that's what we're doing exactly. is we're putting them first. Okay, so now let's think of uh, another text, Galatians 6. Okay, towards the end of Galatians 6, you're familiar, bearing one another's burdens. Alan, when we say we bearing one another's burdens, what does that mean? So, I mean, it... it in the body of Christ, as as Christians, when we come together uh, as a family, uh, the body talk, uh, the Bible talks about the church being like one big body. That's each person's got its own, each member's got its own function. Mm-hmm. And when the little toe hurts, the whole body hurts. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, just hook it on the door frame going in the kitchen at night, and and turn it out straight, and it'll hurt all the way up your knee. And you'll think that you're dying because that little toe is a part of the body. So when we as a church come together uh, and one person in the church hurts, the whole body hurts. Yeah. And it's affected by that. So as we understand that, uh, man alive, uh, the family has this connection, they have this love, they have this uh, uh, unity about ourselves, yeah. that when one person is hurting the whole body hurts. Yeah. And I found that text in Philippians 2. It wasn't Philippians 2.34. It was actually Philippians 2.3. So I must have topped the four in their own accent. But it says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. Right here. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. So whether you're esteeming someone up before the Lord, and you do that by... What I love about burdens is... You know, it says bear one another's burdens, you know. So, like, for example, you know, if, if I have a burden I'm sharing with Alan, then that's me saying, 
Alan, there is a burden in my life, and burden means something heavy on yeah. me. Yeah. And so I'm sharing that with Alan. So not only do I have someone that I can confide in and be accountable with, but I can also trust that Alan will join me in praying before the Lord and in my prayer, our prayer time saying, Lord, there's something going on in Hunter's life and he needs help. So I'm inviting Alan into that, just like if anyone comes to you and says, hey, you know, our listeners, check this out. If someone comes to you and says, hey, I have a burden in my life, they're inviting you in. They want someone else to pray with them about the burden. And really, that's that's a compliment. Yeah. If you stop as a Christian and think about somebody that has enough confidence in your ability yeah. to communicate with God and say, hey, I want you to pray about this, Yeah. really, that's flattering. I mean, you shouldn't let it build up to a sense of pride but it really should be something that drives you to take it seriously yeah, and put your heart into reaching heaven on their behalf. Yeah, I mean, and the prayers of the saints are powerful things. And what I love is, especially here at the chapel, maybe you relate to this at your church, is when a prayer request is made, no matter if it's a burden, a need, a supplicate, any, that we have people here that pray continuously. A short story. Um, when I, uh, last year, so I, I really didn't start, uh, yeah, I, w- I, I announced my call to preach on March 15th of 2019, okay, and it was a Monday night prayer service. So before that, I, we had prayer service a few weeks before that, and so, I, you know, I, I'm dealing. Because what happens is when the Lord puts a calling on your life, whether It's preaching, it's missionary work, children's ministry, being a deacon, anything. It's a calling that he is trying to pull you into, and he's calling you into it. And so literally, you know, we had a prayer night, and all of a sudden, uh, our worship leader, Ty, is leading prayer, and he's like, I want everyone to write something down that you need prayer for. So I'm struggling. I mean, just really struggling, trying to figure out and seek the Lord and what I was dealing with. So I write down the calling on my life. Would you say that was a burden? Yeah. I, all <laughs> these things that we've talked about. I mean, when yes, you, we, at, there's four different terms in this, but when you think about it, they're all being made for other people. And Inter- any, anybody that takes that seriously yeah. and wants desires and and longs for clarity on this, it's a, it's a burden on your heart. It is. And I, I'll never forget this. You know, we pass the... We give the papers to Ty. He mixes them in a bag. He's Everybody's pulling them out like you'd pull, you know, at random. You can't look. And all of a sudden, he's like, all right, we're going to go around the room and read what our prayer, who we're praying for. So people are going around the room. And all of a sudden, I will never forget Brother Jar. Jar Ramsey. He, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> he, he's passed away this year. And we miss him dearly, but we know he's better off where he is. A, pray, a prayer warrior. Uh, Guys, I'm telling you. Led, so, led Sunday night prayer meeting and studied and was one of the most versed individuals you'll ever know in the scriptures and prayed without ceasing, had a clear understanding of that. And he literally, um, before every Sunday morning service, he's praying over Sunday classroom Sunday classrooms. Before okay? anybody gets here. Before anybody. He's he, in the sanctuary on yeah. the altar praying for the service that An day. An hour early. Walks down the aisle lights off, hits the altar, prays for the pastor, prays for the teachers, prays for the attendees. And he set an example because now when we look at our prayer service, now it's we meet at 9.15 before services on yeah. Sundays, following yeah. the example that was set. But so all of a sudden, Brother Jar reads his paper, and it says, 
trying to figure out the calling on my life. Uh oh. And I literally go, Josh praying for me. I literally, it, it struck me. I thought, one, I was like, I couldn't have anyone else, literally, that I knew would pray every night, every day for that prayer request. He didn't even, my name wasn't on it, people. Heaping coals of fire. And so, literally, a few weeks go by. I can't sleep at night. I can't eat. There were like three or two services in a row where at the end of the service they have an invitation. I'm on the altar, two, two, three, sir, broken because what God is trying to call me into. Okay, so check this out. This is just cool. So finally I surrender to what God's pulling me to, and I, I get to tell the church, and it's awesome, and people are, you know, coming and hugging on me and all these things, and, and it's great because we're glorifying God. And I'll never forget, Jar was one of the first people to walk up to me. I mean, I mean the last people. And he shook my hand and he hugged me and he said, "I've been waiting for this, and I've been praying for you." How about that. And dude, I cried like a little baby on, on the spot because <laughs> okay. he had no clue who the paper was for. Right. But once it happened, everything came together. And that's where Jar was praying on my behalf. Yep. He was helping me. When I was praying, Jar was there, and, and it didn't hit me until that night he came up to me and said, I've been waiting for this, and I've been praying for you. And it all came to intercessory prayer. Yep. He's been there for me. He's been praying for me. And we all, listeners, Alan, anybody, you could talk about a, a time in your life where somebody is praying for you. And when you look at why should we pray for people, before we even get into the last word of Thanksgiving, why should we pray for people? Well, here, here's just a couple things. When you look at the family of God, praying for one another, that relationship becomes so much closer because you are calling on the throne of heaven together about something, okay? You, you look at the body of Christ being like-minded, like we read in Philippians. Nothing is more like-minded than when you get a body and a group of believers all coming together to pray over something going on. And so why should we pray for people? It brings unity among the believers. And I believe that it's something that not only honors God, but I believe it brings God joy. Yeah. When he sees his, his family, his children come together in unity. And let's let's just think about anything else in the world right now. It's all division. Yeah. It's all hate. It's all venom. It's all negativity. But when God's people get their hearts to meet all of the criteria to where they can come together and agree, my needs are not as important as yeah. your needs are, and, and we lift each other up, man, that is an opportunity for uh, not only the uh, the church to be strengthened, but for God to be glorified. Yeah. And ultimately, that's our purpose here on earth, is and, to give him glory and honor. And I, I think about the country the way it is right now. We should be praying for people more than ever. Yeah, our country, should be. Our, our government, our, our president, the people that are affected by the chaos and, and all of the political things that are going on, the coronavirus that's affecting People should be praying for one another more than ever and trying to find some sort of unity instead of finding division. Mm -hmm. And uh, another example, too, about, you know, when Christians come together is a few Monday nights ago at a prayer service, you know, um, we got to pray over someone who was about to have some big tests. 
and all of a sudden they call up on you know some of the people to come up and when you look at the laying on of hands biblically it just means i mean you're just putting your hand on we're something. here we're here for we're, you yeah literally we're just praying for that person we're here for you yeah a lot of people will take the laying on of hands and make it unbiblical and out of context but when you study that it's just you're there for them i'm here in support absolutely and, and so we all come and we surround this uh person and we're praying for them and see, as a as a young man in the ministry, I mean, it's rare I get to do things like that just because I'm so new. But I, you know, I got the opportunity to go up, and oh my goodness, that was the most powerful prayer that I think I've ever been able to be a part of. Yeah. To pray for the, I mean, the unity that happened in that moment that we're all praying for this person and their tests and their healing and all of these things that are going on. It was. It blew my mind. I cried like a baby because it was the most powerful thing. And it's one of those things that when you come together over a specific topic, we've got the same goal in mind. Yeah. And the Bible talks about it to a three degree as touching heaven. Yeah. That we can ask and ask in his name according to his will, and we'd receive it. Yeah. And, and that type of commitment, faith, when God moves, yeah. man, it, it makes you understand that, man, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. No, no matter what the outcome, uh, I have a, a a living heavenly Father who cares about me and yeah. is, and is listening to me. Yeah, and so Alan, I actually I never thought of this this way until I read. I was reading after some commentary today. So when you look at intercessory prayer and you're praying on the behalf of others, you know you think about the church and people that we lift up and all of these things. But what about the people that are against us? Ooh, your enemies. Yeah. Oh. So what what about the person that persecutes you at work or the person that's against you? Or what about the person that's trying to hurt you? Or the guy that cut you off in traffic. Or anything. I mean, it's literally like Alan. I mean, yesterday we I had an opportunity to witness to a guy and talk to him about Jesus for about half an hour. And he openly, he rejected it multiple times. He said, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, he left, and instead of just going, all right, he don't want it, I start praying for him even yeah. more. So w- when we see that maybe people are against us, we should still pray on their behalf. That, Lord, you know, this person's trying to hurt me. This person's trying to take my life even. This person cut me off in traffic. God, this person rejected you and rejected me. We should still pray on their behalf because here, here's something, too. Okay, we need to pray good prayers for them, but ultimately, you know, God's going to defend his people too. So when persecution and all these things arise and we're praying on other people's behalf, praying for them, praying towards them, praying, all the Lord is recognizing everything that's happening. And he's going to respond with justice, or maybe they finally respond to the grace, the free grace that's been presented to them. So, Alan, what what do you think of this idea of so when and here's here's what gets me the way the Holy Spirit works in my life while we're talking right now. Yeah, God just put a person's face. Yeah. <laughs> I can see him as vividly as I'm sitting here looking at you and his name in my mind, and I'm not going to call it. Yeah. But if he's listening, he's going to know exactly who he is. <laughs> oh, the light will shine on him. Yes, it will. <laughs> I invited him. And this good guy, we got a good relationship. I yeah. invited him to church, yada, yada, yada. Here's the start time. Can you come over here? I think it was during revival, I believe. Why don't you come to revival? We're having a nightly meeting. Starts at 7 o'clock. And his comment was, 
I'll be three deep in a six pack by seven o'clock. So, and the fact that he would rather choose his nightly ritual of drinking beer over coming to God's house was not the issue. The fact that he wanted to to offend me in, in a way and reject my offer in a way that was hurtful and uh, and, and you got to know the guy too. You got to know the backstory behind it. He's one of those type that. If there wasn't a, a racket going, some kind of a ruckus, he would stir one up and then walk away and just watch the chaos because yeah. he loved that type of an atmosphere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, struggled with that for a long time, broken heart. And, 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 and I still think about him today regularly. And whenever I, th- I think of him, his spiritual condition always comes to my mind because he's admitted yeah. that if a conversation with God is what it takes to get to heaven— he told me I'm gonna have to do that one of these days. So Step. if things if things have not changed, yeah. if he's not ever had that conversation, I don't know. I've not spoken to him in a while. But if he's never had that conversation, he still needs my prayer. Yeah, Absolutely. and even if he has, even if he has, he still needs my prayer. Yeah, and that's the thing too is like even with the guy I talked to yesterday, you know, we we're praying for him. The church is actually praying for him now. But we're still going out of our way to try to help him yep. and, and try to get him um, to come to church. But we're trying to, you know, help him be successful and get up on his feet and all of these things. Why? Because we're going to keep praying for him. We're going to treat, keep trying to help him because even think about this, um, you know, Jesus is with the Pharisees multiple times. And what does he keep doing? He keeps trying to preach to them. Yeah. And he's trying to share truth. And they became hardened in their hearts because they kept denying him and turning away from him. But he kept he kept talking to them. And so for us, you know, for you who's listening, maybe someone you're thinking about somebody right now, like me and Alan, we just had two people come to our mind. And maybe it's not that they're against you, or maybe they are. Maybe keep praying for them. That's it. And you never know. I mean, this, this is one thing that I understand about now that I'm older, and this, yeah. I'm talking about this is this has been a, a few years down, and I've I've developed a little bit, got a little more mature, and yeah. and I understand that yeah the 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 outward conflict that he lives for yeah that he thrives off of when we're standing there face to face is one thing yeah but when he's alone yeah by himself finishing off that last one God can move on his heart and God can. Make his, I've heard the old saying, making the bitch narrow and the cover short. Yeah. To take his sleep and work on his heart. God can still do that. Oh, I uh, mean, you want to see somebody, you want to see someone get uh, clean real quick or fixed up real quick, watch them get saved. That's it. That's and it. And their desires. and it, Absolutely. It's like, um, you know, Pastor Ronnie, you guys are familiar with, um, he always tells story. He would tell stories to me, which he's my grandpa and I've been around him for years. He told me stories about people showing up to the house, uh, the Lord showing up to church on stuff or, or drunk out of their minds, and they get saved and they leave there completely changed. God can do that. Yep. God can absolutely do that. So this fourth word we're going to talk about real quick, and then we're going to wrap it up with some examples just a little bit, is something that I, I'm excited to talk, to talk about too, and it says thanksgiving. And so this says a grateful language towards God an act of worship, prayers of praise. And so when I think about thanksgivings being made for all people, man, I think about them times that somebody comes into the house and says, I've got a praise I'm about to share with all of you. 
whether it's a salvation, you know, maybe a test went really well, but all of a sudden we all start praising and thanking God. It's contagious. And it's fun, and it's just, man, it just gets me fired up talking about it because it overwhelms me with joy that when I see somebody that I've been praying for, I mean, when I when I was 13, the Lord laid it on my I mean, young. The Lord laid it on my heart to start praying for two of my cousins. And I didn't know why. I was 13. I could barely tie my shoes. I, don't, I mean, just young. But God laid it on my heart to pray for two of my cousins. So we go to a youth retreat. I have no clue. I've been praying, 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 praying with some people. Both of them get saved in the same youth wow. retreat. And all of a sudden, there was so much joy because all of us came together and we lifted up prayers of praise, a grateful language towards God. And it's refreshing when you get that that attitude of gratitude about you and when you start thanking God. And, and you know what? The, the sky's bluer. The yeah. grass is greener. Yeah. Uh, everything just seems to be, uh, you know, so much more uh, vivid. And when you... Are, are, are focusing on my glass was half full <laughs> instead, yeah. of, instead of my glass is half empty. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've got so much to thank him for. And we, we can go into numerous uh, praise and worship songs that we sing here at the church about how that God's good to us and how we don't uh, deserve uh, hit, hit, and All of it's true. Yeah. All of it's true. But when you stop and, and, and reflect of all that God's done for us, that should generate within me a sense of gratitude to whom much is uh, uh, given, much is expected. Well, uh, of yeah. whom much is forgiven. Then those folks, because that they've had so much forgiven, they're extremely grateful. Yeah, and it's just man, you want to see the fruit of the spirit, the joy, and you want to see that. Have somebody that you've been praying for, a brother and sister in Christ, come in and say, "God answered my prayers." That is something worth rejoicing worshiping and i mean even on a sunday morning we'll come into the house of the lord and we'll be thinking about just the ways god's been good to us that week yeah. and we'll be singing songs praising jesus and everything that he did and all of a sudden prayers of praise just take place and so like when you read psalms there's psalms of praise david wrote praising god and that's just something that i love when you look at thanksgivings being made for all people we get to praise God and thank God for things that He did in someone else's life, like when we do for our own lives too. And when you when you think about the the blessings of God, and, and you think about, uh, you know, we've got so much that we uh, are to be thankful for. Man, alive. Uh, Psalms one one says, "Blessed is the man that walketh that walketh not the counsel of the ungodly." Mm-hmm. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, yeah. nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You're blessed. Yeah. You're blessed. Why are you blessed? Because you have the ability. In verse two says, "And delighteth in the law of the Lord, and the Lord he doth meditate on day to night." Mm. So we have these uh, biblical uh, principles yeah. that are ingrained in our heart. And they're not just writing on a page, but they're real. Yeah. They bring about just a a sense of blessing because, you know what? There's now, therefore, 
no condemnation. Yeah. And because of the fact that my life has been transformed, not just got out of hell, which that's good, you know what I'm saying? But my life's been transformed to the point that I can have a abundant life now. Yeah. In the day that I'm living it, it can be overflowing. Yeah. And that's all made possible because of the 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 the, the word of God and the fact that it's real to me and uh, it's put me in a position. Uh, we talked about it in one of the earlier podcasts, man. It's a unique position because when Christ looks at me, I'm justified. Yeah. I'm I'm He sees the blood of Christ. I'm I'm an heir and joint heir. Yeah. When God looks at me, I'm one of His. Yeah. But yet I'm. Conditionally, I have a, a position of service, the same as a, a servant or a slave. Yeah. So, I, I, because of that, I, 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 I love him, I worship him, I serve him. Yeah. And that brings about blessing not only in my life, but in my family's life as well. And, Alan, to end this Thanksgiving word topic uh, in this verse, it takes me, I, the old hymn comes to my mind. I just want to thank you, Lord, for mm-hmm. everything that do you've do done for me. Wait, let me catch up with you. We'll do a duet. Thank <laughs> you, Lord. You know, y'all didn't know we were going to sing on Well, we, we could. But when you think about the hymn, you're, that's a song of praise. It is an absolute. I guarantee you. Making the, person, the sun to shine. The person hanging, who wrote that yeah. had the real thing. Yeah. I mean, it's something about your life that, you know what? I can I can relate to that so well because yeah. man alive God's just been so good to me. Oh, it's Thanksgiving's oh that gets me fired up. We can't yep. thank him enough. You can't. So to end this question of why should we pray for people? We, okay, so so far we've talked about intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer. There we go. Um, we've talked about it through supplications, just prayers in general, specific intercessions. We've talked about Thanksgivings in the end of that verse one says be made for all people. So we've talked about that. But see, I, I, this came to my mind because last night in our small group, our college small group, we started a new study called Imitators of Christ. So this morning I'm sitting here topping on something. I mean, it's a light bulb went on. Why should we pray for people? Here's why. Okay, think about, let me flip over here. Think about 1 Corinthians. Okay, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. It says this, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Paul says that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Let's think of some examples. So when you go to John 17, and I'm flipping there real quick. When you get to John 17, okay, it's called Christ's High Priestly Intercessory Prayer. Whoa. So he's praying about what's getting ready to happen to him. He prays for the disciples, and then he prays for the future believers. Yep. So Jesus did it. That's us. And then all of a sudden, when you look at Colossians chapter 1, let me flip over there real quick. Paul is writing his letter to the Colossians, and he says this in verse 1. He says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So a lot of the beginning of Paul's epistles and letters he wrote were actually just prayers. Yep. that he, Literally, he would write down. So, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So you want to know why we should pray for people as a conclusion? Jesus did it in John 17. 
Paul did it in Colossians chapter 1. And here's another thing for listeners. That's not the only place that Jesus prayed for people. That's not the only place. Paul, Peter, John, all of them, they all prayed for people. And so if I read in the Bible that Jesus ultimately prayed for people, and then I see the disciples and the apostles prayed for people, well, here I am. You know what? I'll just be an imitator of them, and I'll just pray for people too. That's exactly right. And it's it's the example. Yep. And that, that we said, your little nephew, yeah. he's going to need to see somebody pray one of these days. <laughs> yeah, and, and guys. And, so we set the example for those that are coming up alongside of us, boom. coming up behind us, boom. that we can uh, not only pray for our needs and our wants, absolutely, yeah. what's going on in our life, absolutely, but also pray for those around us and pray for others. Bingo. And uh, it, it's just so important. And like we've Alan said earlier, pray without ceasing. That that's just this isn't something you just do once. It, it's consistently and it's constantly. So, Alan, that's all I got this week. You got anything else you want to say? No, I, I think that uh, I, I'm excited about this, and I'm, I'm excited about our next uh, uh, episode. Our next guest. <laughs> yeah, our I, next guest. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys on a cliffhanger here. Oh, yeah. But uh, just so you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, plans for the future. We're excited about where this podcast is going. And uh, I, I, we care. We, we want to keep you guys tuning in. And hopefully uh, you guys get addicted to this just like we are to, to doing it. <laughs> and listen, guys, here's something I just thought of. When you listen to this – and you wonder sometimes why me and Alan stutter or why we stop. It's because, listen, this is improv right here. And, and you can't see what I'm seeing. <laughs> we have a paper here with some points. And so there's times, listen, where all of a sudden the flesh of humanity kicks in and me and Alan go, uh. I'll drop my cell phone. <laughs> and so, listen, don't, don't. this. We didn't ever said this was a perfect show. No. But this is improv, and we, we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit through these conversations. And I'm telling you, it's just a blessing. And so, Alan, I just had an idea. I think we should continue the example. Alan, let's pray for every listener right? real quick. You want to pray for us? Absolutely. I sure will. God, our Father, we thank you for technology. God, sometimes it intimidates us, and sometimes it's a little scary. Uh, but, God, we understand that uh, all things can be used for your good. And God, I pray that you would take this podcast. I pray you'd bless it right now. And, God, I don't know who's listening. I don't know what's going on in their life, God, but you do. And, God, I pray that you'd help uh, through something that we may have said that would be seasoned with the Holy Spirit. And if there's somebody out there listening that don't know you as their Savior, God, I pray that this would generate some curiosity that the Holy Spirit could cultivate into a relationship. God, I pray that you would just bless and guide and lead as we continue to move forward. And, God, I pray that uh, many souls would be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God, say we hope today that you've learned something. We hope that you can answer the question of why should we pray for people. And here's a challenge. Pray for someone this week. Absolutely. Pray for the person against you. Pray for the person for you. So, hey, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next time. Alan? God bless. All right. Peace out, guys. We will see you next week.